All right, welcome to the 20th edition of the Sports Mashup. July 14th is the date of this one, and already into 20. I didn't think we'd get there this quickly. I know it's a normal schedule every Wednesday thing, but 20, I don't think, I don't feel like we've done 20 of these, but we have, and I guess we started in March, so that's about right. So, you know. It kind of flew by. But to start everything off this week, we got to give a shout-out to our former producer, Ethan's brother, John Carter, I forgot last week to give it in on getting engaged to his girlfriend, Kayla, now fiance. Yeah, I mean, uh, I forgot to – I guess you forgot to do it last week. I, I don't know if you're going to do it at the end, but we'll get it out of the way at the beginning. So very exciting for him. And uh, and you're going to have a sister. I guess so. And, um, you know – I don't think he ever listens to this, so he's not going to know this happened, but I'll let him know. So uh, we'll see uh, if he listens to it this time. Maybe he will. I don't know if he's listened to any of the of the 19 at this point, but 20, he gets a shout-out. You know, he was a producer for a couple episodes in the original run, which I believe he uh, wanted to go home the entire time he was producing, but he gutted it out, did his job, and uh, good thing we don't need a producer anymore. We can just do these, uh, you know, remotely and do it. Yeah and upload it and uh, think, let's get uh, I think with the original one it was, week one we kept him around because I fed him I gave him some beer yeah episode two he was ready to gather because I didn't have any beer for him <laughs> it was tough it was a tough uh scenario and situation there but, but uh we know there's no free shout outs but we had to give him that one yeah not very many we don't give too many shout outs on this show to uh you know people but shout out to the team USA in basketball, they lose the first two exhibition games to uh, Nigeria and Australia. Then they beat Argentina by 28 tonight. I would have thought that they should beat Australia pretty easily. I know it's an exhibition game. It really doesn't matter, but I'm kind of surprised they lost that one. Nigeria, they shouldn't have lost, obviously. Nigeria had some sharpshooters, though. I know that from yeah. watching some of it. But, but I, first, time back, first time back-to-back exhibition losses since 1992, which was the dream team. Not saying this team is anywhere near the dream team, but no, I think there were fifty-four and two in exhibition games before this year, and I'm guessing the other two losses would have been back then. Yeah, so 50, 55 and four now. There you go. I mean, this team's going to get reinforcements. Like Middleton, Holiday, and Booker will all join the team when the Olympics start, so that'll be big uh, for them. But yeah, I don't know, who filled in for them? Did they have uh, who fill in for them, or did they just play with the? Eight? I don't know. I didn't see anybody out there that I didn't think was on the roster. But I don't know. They need Coach K back, honestly. I mean, Pop's first year without Pop, him. Popovich popped off on a reporter. I don't understand what he was saying. He's pretty much trying to say that we don't see blowouts very often in the Olympics from Team USA, which is completely false. I don't understand what he was saying there. So, but whatever. We had. Kawhi breaking news. Kawhi had a surgery on a partially torn ACL. Um, the Pelicans are working towards a deal with Suns assistant Willie Green to be there to become their head coach next year. That would be good and for him. Orlando Magic introduced Jamal Mosley as their head coach. That's going to be a hell of a job, Orlando. I mean, they got some pieces there. They also have some good draft picks. I believe they have the fifth and the eighth pick this year. So. Start and current, currently, you got the draft combine kicking off for the NBA. The draft is on, uh, what did I say earlier? July 28th. 29th. 29th. Yeah, 29th. So 
That'll be interesting to see who goes number one because I don't really think there's a consensus. I think Kate Cunningham is going to go number one, but I've seen mock drafts with Jalen Green going number one. So could go either way. And then right now we got the uh, playoffs still going on. This NBA Finals game um, four tonight. Game four is, yes, tonight. So Milwaukee battled back and kind of took a big game on game three. I think I think the big thing for the Suns is number one Aiden was in foul trouble in that game, and th- you have a problem when you have Giannis shooting more free throws in a game than the Suns did. I mean, yeah, the Suns were like ten for sixteen. He shot seventeen free throws himself. Yeah, he was like thirteen for seventeen. If I had to guess, he wasn't missing very many. I, yeah, it was thirteen or fourteen. And Booker could not have had a worse game. You got to think the Suns will bounce back. I don't know if they'll win tonight, but. Uh, you got to think they're going to play better than they did. I think this series is still going to go long. I, I think seven probably, if I had yeah. to guess. But. but Giannis going off for like he had 41 points, 13 rebounds, and like eight assists. He's played well, but it's just like it doesn't take that much talent to do what he does. No. Like, But Drew Holiday had a really good game. Yeah, I don't finally. expect him to be that good again. I, he was making everything. I don't think that's going to – that was like the – the everything went wrong for the Suns game. Everything went right for the Bucks game. I mean, there's always one of those yeah. in the series. So, but I mean, the, the Bucks need him to contribute. Middleton and Giannis can't do it all because you know yeah. Tucker. Tucker's just out there for defense. He's not there to score. Yeah, I mean, and then Brooke Lopez. I, I mean, he took advantage of Aiden being in foul trouble. Yeah, I think that's the biggest key for the Suns. If Aiden can stay out of foul trouble, they're a lot better team out there. But well, especially with them not having their other with Zarek, is that their other center Zarek's or got hurt? Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much a four, but he's like six ten, so he can be a backup five and it worked. But um, I don't know why they just don't I mean, I don't really want to do this in a finals game, but they drafted Jalen Smith in the first round in this past draft. I mean, he's a six eleven athletic. He's got to be able to do something better than what Frank Kaminsky's doing out there. Yeah. I don't know. And they can't really go with the small lineup for too long with Torrey Craig at the five. I don't think that's going to work. I mean, it worked in spurts whenever games one and two when Aiden no. was taking short breaks. And but. it's not like Kaminsky has playoff experience because before this he was on the – what he got drafted to the Hornets, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. He, didn't, he doesn't have playoff experience. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm assuming the Bucks will win this game forward, and you got a brand-new series from there. So we'll see. Uh, we don't have any NFL things to cover this week, so no Aaron Rodgers talk. Like There's else nothing. Yeah, I think we'll get back to it here. I mean, you got training camp. will be a week away pretty much wherever our next episode goes. So Yeah, well, the, only, the only thing I saw for the NFL was uh, the Washington football team. They said that they wouldn't name their team the Warriors. Yeah, so – so new they're, news, that's all. They're not going to have a new team name until 2022, I'd assume. So too late now to do that. But uh, college hoops, Illinois star Kofi Cobra will make an announcement on Friday. Is expected to choose either going back to Illinois or going to Kentucky. Seems like kind of the uh, what's going around. And the sense that I get is, I feel like it's really a straight up 50-50. I don't really know what's going to happen here. So yeah, well, it's weird. I was talking to Tyler last week after we recorded. Uh, and he thought you had they had to make their decision by last Wednesday. I'm assuming but that was the decision. Not. Well, I think that was the decision to stay in the draft or not, which he already decided not to. 
Yeah. So now he's deciding whether he's going to go back to Illinois or transfer to Kentucky. So hopefully he goes back to Illinois, but who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we will see Arizona State's Marcus Bagley, who withdrew from the draft last week and then was in the transfer portal. He immediately after going to the transfer portal, pretty much like five hours later, returned to Arizona State. So they've gotten a lot back. I think Bobby Hurley will have that program right back in the tournament this year. They missed it last year, but they're going to be loaded. I think Arizona State's going to really be one of the top-tier teams in the Pac-12. And after we talked about him last week, he's not related to Marvin, is he? I think it's his brother. I could look that up, but I think that I think that's what it is. I know Marvin Bagley had a brother in basketball. But I think that's so. Similar. I wonder if, like, when Marvin got drafted to um, uh, where did he go? Sacramento. Uh, yeah, I wonder if like his family moved out there, and that's why he's. At Arizona State and not somewhere because they were from, I thought, uh, like Louisiana or Alabama or somewhere. They're from Arizona. I thought. And it is his brother. Mm. So big, he, uh, big is, get. Is he just like the same size as Marvin? I think he's more of a guard. I think he might be like a two or a three. Hmm. Why Ethan's looking that up? You got uh, Tennessee extended contracts on nine coaches, including Rick Barnes, the new athletic director as of January. Danny White said he wanted to acknowledge he inherited an impressive roster of coaches when he was hired. He did the men's and women's basketball coach. Uh, I think it was the women's. Uh, softball team who just made it to the College World Series and had a big run. Barn, uh, Barnes, at least I know the Barnes and the women's basketball coach are extended now through 2026. So Rick Barnes is in Tennessee to stay for a while. I think so. I mean, he's had some really good teams there, just not finishing the job. I mean, the team with Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams was – loaded when they lost in the tournament. I think they lost to Purdue, didn't they? I think that's right, in that uh, 2018 or 19 tournament. So, yeah. uh, Marcus Bagley's 6'8", and he plays the three. So he's a little bit smaller than Marvin Bagley. Speaking of which, Marvin Bagley has just turned out to be like a bust from that draft. He had that draft 2018 with Aiton going number one, who's turned out to be good for Phoenix. Obviously, Luka Doncic and Trey Young, Shea Gildas-Alexander. So didn't turn out to be as good as people thought. Uh, in the NBA with Sacramento, which that's a tough place to be good. I mean, we don't see people. Yeah. I have a fit. He's got to be close to getting out of his rookie deal where he could go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but uh, we got one more thing on the college hoops here. Yeah, Memphis and Penny Hardaway hired Larry Brown to his staff and his alma mater. And Penny played for him while um, Larry Brown was the coach of the Knicks. Um, Brown is the only coach to win an NCAA championship, which was with Kansas in 1988, and an NBA championship was with the Pistons in 2004. 80 years old. So, yep. Interesting. Yeah, see if he can relate I, I, to the young players. Penny's always wanted to coach with him, and uh, they find him away. His last coaching gig was like two years ago somewhere overseas. Yeah, he's a head coach. Somewhere over there I saw, but interesting hire. I don't know if that's going to work, but we'll see. 
Um, let's go to golf. You got the John Deere Classic winner, Lucas Glover, win, uh, won $1.1 million in the purse, shot 19 under. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not the type no. of course that the pros struggle with. The thing is, this was probably like the least amount of buzz around a PGA event probably all year. I didn't watch it. I mean, I know the course is in our state, and we had a friend who played there a few weeks ago, but hard to watch this tournament. I mean, Kevin Na was fun to watch the first couple of days. I did watch a little bit on Thursday, but not the best watch. No, and I had – I think I had a golfer and it would draw because of COVID. Zach Johnson withdrew from the Open. Oh, no, that was two weeks ago. Open. Zach Johnson withdrew from the Open due to COVID. That was two weeks ago I had that. Um, yeah, coming up tomorrow, you have the Open Championship. Uh, defending champion Shane Lowry. Which was playing, in 2019. Playing at the Royal St. George's Golf Club in Kent, England. Beautiful golf course. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get up at 2 a.m. to watch Thursday and Friday. I'm going to try my best because that's when, you know, the big dogs will really be teeing off. By The coverage will start at 12.30 a.m. our time. 2 a.m. our time is when you get Kepka teeing off and some other big names. I'm going to try my best to get up and watch that, but who knows what the Suns Also, last over. weekend you had the American Century Championship playing in Lake Tahoe. This was one you were. This was the one you were really interested in wanting to watch. Yeah, and it comes around every year, so I figured I would uh, check it out, and um, it was interesting. I mean, some of these people can't really play. I think the bottom leaderboard you had Ray Romano, who you know for years has tried to be good at golf. I guess it's not really working for him. Uh, Al Michaels at the bottom. You had Kevin Nealon, who is in Happy Gilmore at the bottom. Uh, but the top five, Vinny Del Negro wins it. He defeated John Smoltz in a playoff, one whole playoff. Uh, Smoltz had the lead like the entire day until the end. And Vinny Del Negro, the first basketball player to win this event. No, and you had Ray Romano, Ray Romano in one of those. You said it was like one of the weird groups or whatever, didn't you, last week? I yeah. Think. Yeah, he's he was playing with uh, Brian Baumgartner, I believe, who is Kevin from The Office. And then I think he was playing with Kevin Nealon as well. But the best group was the Larry the Cable guy, Charles Barkley, Rob Riggle group. And Charles Barkley played pretty well. I think he finished 70-something at a 90, which usually he's near the bottom. He didn't play too bad for his standards. But the uh, top five, you had Vinny Del Negro winning it, John Smoltz second, Tony Romo third, Annika Sorenstam, who's like the greatest LPGA player of all time, finished third or fourth, and then Jack Wagner, the uh, actor, who's won it twice before finished fifth. So there you go. And now we go to Major did, League Baseball. Did AJ Hawk was there any video <laughs> him tackling anybody or doing? I didn't see that, but I wasn't really looking at social media videos from this event. No, and I, I forgot to look at McAvee's thing to see if there was anything. I don't know. Um, but anyway, Major League Baseball, I got the trade deadline in about 18 days from now, and uh, the Chicago Cubs appear – to be in sell mode. They're 44 and 46, third place. I believe they're eight and a half games out of first place in the NL Central. They've lost 12 of 14 going into the break. They have upcoming free agents of Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Zach Davies. So my sense would be that Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell, their two all-stars, would be the most likely to be moved at the deadline. Well, and you got 
Rizzo and Baez are kind of the face of the franchise because you so you think they got to send they're gonna resign those guys. I would guess Baez gets resigned. I don't know about Rizzo. I think Rizzo was kind of annoyed at their extension offers before the season. I knew that they were pretty bad. Um, but Kimbrell's got an option after this year, which is why he's not a free agent. Uh, so I think Kimbrell and Bryant would be the ones to go because, you know, the market for a, a lockdown closer for a playoff team is pretty high. You look at what the Cubs uh, gave up to get a role as Chapman in 2016 to win the World Series. They gave up Glaber Torres, who looked like he was going to be a superstar until the last couple of years he's been off. But it's it's they're going to have to give up a premium uh, premium prospect to get Kimbrell. But I've always thought Bryant would be done. Yeah. Maybe even before this season, I think the Mets would be a perfect fit for Chris Bryant. Yeah, I have a feeling if Rizzo goes in where he's going to the AL, to probably be a DH. Yeah, I mean, I still think he has a couple of years of being able to play the field effectively at first base. But no, I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he yeah. can't play it. Yeah. But a team that's going to want to pay it would, I'm guessing, be an AL team. Yeah, and Manfred actually said something smart for once. He says that he believes seven inning doubleheaders are not a part of the league's future. So good job, Rob. Took you saying 700 different things to finally say something good for once. So, I mean, seven inning double hitters are ridiculously stupid anyway. What's the point having them if when we've seen two no-hitters, they don't count as no-hitters? Yeah. It's so dumb. But um, Pete Alonzo, back-to-back. Home run derby champ defeated Trey Mancini in the final round. I mean, this home run derby – I didn't have much interest in it. I mean, I watched some of it, but it's just so hard to see. Like when the ball's hit, you can't see the ball. No, and I was I was watching a bunch of stuff on it today about it because I didn't watch it last night. I still haven't seen any of it, but I was listening to other people what their reaction was about it, and they were telling me how there wasn't a ball tracking on every one, so you couldn't tell. They weren't showing a distance for every hit. And then the fact that people were having to bounce between ESPN2, which is the main channel it was on, and ESPN two to watch parts of it, how they had to keep bouncing back between channels. They said it was a horrible coverage, just like the uh, hot dog eating contest where that froze out on a record. And I guess there was a big bet on uh, if a homer went over five hundred and eighteen and a half foot, it would break a record. And the announcers really didn't pay much attention. They said one was hit. 516, and that's all they said. So they didn't even say that it was close to breaking a record. And a ball was hit 516 feet in Colorado where the ball just flies. They, I guess it was just a horrible coverage all around. Yeah. I mean, this format sucks. Otani didn't make it out of the first round. He was gassed after his first round. It was like 28 31 between him and Soto. I didn't expect Mancini to be the one coming out of the right side of that bracket. He got up to a bad start and got hot. Right-handers had the advantage, for sure. So, but the top teams at the All-Star break, you got the Giants who haven't lost since last week. They're in fifty-seven and thirty-two. The Dodgers at fifty-six and thirty-five, and the White Sox at fifty-four and thirty-five. And Houston's right behind the White Sox. Well. Like I've said every time, nobody expected the Giants to be this good. Uh, I still think the Dodgers win that division, but the Giants will absolutely make the playoffs, you'd think, unless they have a huge collapse. I mean, they're 25 games over at the All-Star break is no joke. So Yeah, and I think <laughs> since we started doing the current teams, they've only lost 
like four or five games. Doesn't really make sense that they're this good. You look I mean, at that, that roster; it's pretty average. Yeah, I, the fact that they didn't lose this whole past week—I don't understand how they're this good, but whatever. You looking up the number? I was just going to see what they were last week. The Dodgers are 21 games over, so they've started to catch fire. The White Sox are the young team that just keeps on going. Right. Two weeks ago, they were 50 and 28. That's seven and, and four since then. Last week, they were 53 and 32, so they only played four games since last Wednesday, but they didn't lose any of them. Yep, it's been impressive how good they are. And who would have thought that Gabe Kapler would be the one that gets the franchise back when he was just killed in Philadelphia? On his way out, probably the worst, probably one of the worst graded hires when it happened, which shows you that grades mean nothing. But uh, yeah, uh, NHL, there's a lot of news to cover here, but we'll start at the bottom, which is to say the Tampa Bay Lightning completed the back to back quest, winning the Stanley Cup final in five games. Yeah, and the, mayor, the mayor of Tampa was all on it. Let him win Saved. that one game, one game in Canada, bring it back home to Tampa. Yeah, and uh, Andre Vasilevsky with another shutout in an elimination game. I yeah. mean, it's just ridiculous. Was he the MVP of the finals? He did win the Conn Smythe, yes. So here's the crazy thing. Nikita Kucherov has scored 30-plus points in both of the last two playoffs and didn't win the Conn Smythe either time. That's hard to do because you look at the 2019 Conn Smythe winner, Ryan O'Reilly had 24 points. So – Kucherov's got 60-plus in the last two playoffs. His team won the final both times, and he didn't win the Smythe. Last year was Hedman. This year was Vasilevsky. So, impressive. Vasilevsky, though, he had an outstanding playoff. I think he had four shutouts in all four of their elimination games. Yeah. That's, like, ridiculously hard to do, especially in this era. No, his numbers were outstanding. I, I mean, I thought going in, you had the number one goaltender in the world, Vasilevsky, number two, Price. They both played pretty well, and uh, Tampa Bay is just too good. I mean, that was pretty much – that was a very – last. I mean, if we're being honest, we've been robbed the last two Stanley Cup finals having to watch Tampa play Dallas and Montreal because you had teams like Vegas and Colorado would have been great finals against Tampa. Yeah, even Boston. Well, it could have, could it have happened. I guess it could have happened this year if it shook out correctly, but um, – Let's look at the news, which is that Vladimir Tarasenko officially asked for a trade from the Blues, reportedly taking the anywhere but St. Louis approach per the Athletic. He has provided the team with a list of more than 10 teams that he would accept a deal to with his no-trade clause. So as a Blues fan and someone who writes about the Blues and covers the Blues, quote-unquote, I am perfectly okay with this. I think it's time because he hasn't produced the last two years. We got the cup with him. That's fine. Whatever. I think it's enough with, with the $7.5 million to do nothing. So I don't think he trusts the organization after two screwed-up shoulder surgeries by Blues team doctors. Whatever. If they can get anything for him, I'm fine with it. I know that the teams that I believe will be heavily involved, and I'm not saying I have people on the inside, but I've heard a few things thrown around uh, in private messaging. Uh, the, the four teams that I think would be very heavily in on this would be the Islanders, the Rangers, the Kings and the Bruins, I think, would be the four teams that are heavily involved on him. You think the you think Bruins will? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd have great interest in this because, depending on what they do this offseason, they have a lot of cap space, and uh, 
I mean, they could get the deal done, I think, with a pick and then one or both of Trent Frederick and Jake DeBrusque, I would assume one or both of them would be going back yeah. the other way. I'm just curious of which line he which line he'd play on then. Well, I would think it'd be the second line because I don't think you're gonna mess with the first line. No, it wouldn't be the first, but if you already have Krejci and Taylor Hall, if they re-sign him, and I'm trying yeah, to think who else is on that line. I still think that they'll really try to re-sign Taylor Hall, even if they make this trade. Um, but I think the, the Islanders have some very appealing options for the Blues in a deal like that, and I think the Rangers would too in terms of young talent and L.A. as well. But uh, we'll see. I think this trade is going to happen pretty quickly. Don't know probably during the draft or a little after the draft, right right before free agency, if I had to guess, because the Blues have plans to uh, make a quote-unquote full-pitch effort for Avalanche captain Gabriel Landeskog if he hits the free agent market. And the Avs and Landeskog are reportedly not close on an extension per Darren Drager of TSN. So once again, as a Blues fan, Gabriel Landeskog would be a dream signing for this team. No, yeah, I like I like the way he plays the game. He's good. He's tough. He's a tremendous leader. He's a good scorer. I think he'd be a perfect fit with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, which is what the Blues think as well, which is why they're trying to do this. And then he comes uh, in and takes an A. I think he would. You, you definitely consider giving him Tarasenko's A. I would absolutely do that, but we'll see if they do. But um, I would love this move. I think what they should do is – since the Avalanche have to give Kale McCarr an extension this offseason, the Blues should give him a massive offer sheet that the Avalanche have to match, thus making the Avalanche ability to re-sign Landeskog harder than the Blues swipe in and sign him. Genius move. I don't know if the league would like a team doing that, but they don't have to say they did. But we did have a trade yesterday. Yeah, I heard about it. The Blackhawks trade Duncan Keith and prospect Tim Soderlund to the Oilers for defenseman Caleb Jones in a third-round pick? Yeah, there's definitely more implications in this trade than uh, just the fact that Keith's going to the Oilers. Number one, no retained salary, so I think his cap hits around $5.7 million for the next two seasons. He's 37 years old. I still think he's got some left in the tank, and I think he'll be a good veteran presence on the back end for them. But I think the Oilers may have overpaid a little bit with a third-rounder and Caleb Jones. Uh, keep in mind, Caleb Jones – is the brother of star defenseman Seth Jones for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who the Blackhawks have been heavily involved in trying to make a deal for him. So I think this could mean that Seth Jones ends up in Chicago if the Blackhawks can work it out, but that would be a huge pickup for them. But uh, Duncan Keith's probably a top three defenseman in the history of the franchise for Chicago. I mean, just tremendous in the back end. Wasn't a high draft pick. Three Stanley Cups, he was their best defenseman on all three of those teams. So uh, end of an era there, and we'll see how much longer this era ends because I think the Blackhawks and Cubs are in a similar spot in terms of trading stars, and it's I think Patrick Kane will not finish his career there, if I had to guess. And I think Taves is more likely to be on the move over Kane, maybe not this year, but next year. Uh, but maybe they're just going to do a retool and try to build back around them. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Minnesota is spending an extravagant amount of money to buy out Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi. They had four years left, so you're looking at like a 20 or $30 million buyout total here, and uh, that's a risky move because there's going to be some dead cap implications. I think if you're Minnesota, you got to make a big swing here and re-sign Kaprizov and then try to trade for Jack Eichel, I would think, would be the logical thing for them. Well, because that's their captain and one of their assistant captains right there, isn't it? Yeah. They signed them to identical contracts. 
a long time ago, Parisian Suter. So I think Suter's still good. I don't really understand this move. I think Suter's going to find a home pretty easily. He could be a great fit for any team looking for a veteran D-man. This next one blows my mind. <clears throat> yeah, Pecorino announces his retirement from the NHL. I believe he's, what, 38, 39? But we knew that the era was coming to a close in Nashville when they drafted uh, Askarov in the first round last year, the goaltender Yaroslav Askarov uh, from Russia. I think he'll be ready to go very soon. And they already have UC Soros was pretty much their starter in the playoffs, and he was tremendous. So I think Pecorino knew it was time and uh, hanging him up. He's he's got one of the, some of the best numbers in goaltending history. Him and uh, Tuca are close on like save percentage and uh, shutouts, I believe. He was a very very good goaltender, no doubt about it. Um, also, the Predators are expected to possibly leave Matt Duchesne exposed in the expansion draft. Matt Duchesne just signed a huge contract, but. When you have the number of massive cap hits with some of their top line forwards who aren't really producing to those cap hits, Duchesne and Johansson. They just got him from the Avs, right? I think he went – did he go Avs – or did he go Avs to Senators to Blue Jackets to Predators? I think that's how it was for him. I think the Avs traded him, and then he got traded again, and then he was a free agent from Columbus, I believe. But – his cap it is eight million dollars until twenty twenty six. So that is an extreme cap it. And you look at the other cap it's they have. I mean, they're paying eight million to Ryan Johansson until twenty twenty five, six million to Forsberg this season, uh, nine point zero five nine to Yossi until a long time from now, six point two to Ellis, three point seven to Eckholm. I mean, they're they're giving out a lot of money to uh, their top line players, but the good thing is they got 22 million in cap space projected right now, so that should be good for them. But I don't know. If, I think Seattle should take Duchesne. They can handle an eight, an eight million dollar cap hit for five seasons as a new franchise, and he'd instantly be probably their first line center. So maybe they'll take him. Hmm. Uh, another expansion news deal here. Eric Johnson, Avs defenseman, waiving his no-movement clause to be exposed in the expansion draft. I don't know if they'll take him, but uh, this just opens up another opportunity for the Avs to protect another defenseman if they go with the seven-forward, three-defenseman, one-goalie route, which they need to – I don't know if they – I don't know if they have to – I think Kale McCarr might be exempt, but they definitely have to protect Sam Gerrard and Devon Taves. So this, this helps the Avs organization and uh, – Eric Johnson's a very good leader. I think he'd be a, a great leader for a Seattle team, but his cap is so big that it's like, is there a point? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> all right, July 17th is a big date, and we're going to be all over this next week with the expansion protection list as we will see teams submit, 30 teams submitting their uh, protected list for the Seattle expansion. July 17th is the day for that. I believe the expansion draft on the 21st. It might be Wednesday next Wednesday, or the 22nd. It's one of the two. It's on ESPN, by the way, so that's a good thing for the league. But uh, a couple more things here. The Habs will keep Dominic Ducharme as the head coach. Uh, he led them to the Stanley Cup Finals the interim. Good for him. The NHL 2021-22 season is planned to be 82 games. And back to original divisions, one change, though. Seattle going to the Pacific. Arizona going from the Pacific to the Central. And then it's supposed to begin mid-October. 
and then it'll end uh, in April. And the schedule reveal should be next week as well for the season. So there you go. And now uh, a few college football things before we get to the betting picks. Yeah, you got uh, Jeremiah Alexander, top, top defensive end, chooses Alabama over Clemson. He's a number 11 overall recruit, number one in the state of Alabama, 6'2", 230-pound defensive end. I guess it was down to the wire between which one he chose, and surprising that he's if he's the number one player in the state of Alabama that he wouldn't have chosen them out the gate. But with the way Clemson's ran, but you also don't know who what Clemson's gonna do next year. A new quarterback. Yeah. And then you have uh, linebacker Jalen Sneed, number ninety-seven overall, commits to Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame has ten ESPN top three hundred commits, second to Ohio State with eleven. I still think Notre Dame's never gonna be good enough to uh, make it to the national championship, but. Maybe the playoff expands. That'll help them a little bit. Actually, win they, they've game. signed, I think, fourteen. They've gotten like fourteen players already committed. They don't have a problem recruiting there, no doubt. Yeah. But getting t- that close to Ohio State out of the top three hundred is big. Yeah. All right, let's do the betting picks. Uh, I went one and four last week. I went zero uh, and one in the NBA. One and zero in the NBA. Zero and three at a postponed game. Uh, the Mets Pirates is postponed. I went 0 3 in Major League Baseball. So um, I, went, I, went, 52. I went 3 and 3. I lost uh, the Miami Dodgers game and I lost the Washington. Uh, you won that one. No, I yes. picked Washington to beat Washington. San Diego and San Diego won in the ninth. Yeah, I, pick, I picked Washington as well. So I'm 64 and 57. Yeah, the worst part about that is that the, the Nationals blew an eight nothing lead, and Scherzer gave up a grand slam to a relief pitcher. That's another reason you keep getting these higher. Your spread looks bigger than mine's because you keep getting all these postponed games or stuff. What's your record? 64 and 57. Catching up to me, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I right, so I had uh, Sung J M. Finish eight under, tied for seventh, and Steve Stricker at nine under, tied for 41st. And then I had Kevin Struman and Troy Merritt cut. Uh, Struman was plus three, and Merritt was plus two after two rounds. I also had Sung Jim. I had Doc Redmond cut. Kramer Hickok withdrew due to like an injury, I think. And then uh, Seamus Power finished tied for eighth. So all right, the open Royal St. George's. I'm taking the favorite, John Rom plus 700. Can he become one of the There's few a golfers? There's a shot that Ethan picks the, the favorite. One of the few golfers in the history of the sport to win the Open and the U.S. Open in the same year. We will find out. I like his chances, though. I'll take Brooks Kepka because it's a major plus 1600. I'll take Tommy Fleetwood to win in his home country plus 4,000. Then I'll take, uh, you know, our guy Kevin Kisner plus 13,000, who's been playing some of his best golf going into this week. <laughs> I also have Kevin Kisner. We are loyal to Kevin Kisner. Uh, other than that, I have Dustin Johnson at plus 1,800. I have Rory at plus 1,800. And I have Lee, my boy Lee Westwood at plus 4,500. Back on the Lee Westwood train. All right. NBA Finals, game four. Give me the Bucks minus 180 to tie the series at two. 
I, I, I have the same pick. And then Santa tomorrow we have Phoenix Sun shirt on. Very rude of me. <laughs> and uh, then tomorrow we also have the Boston Yankees game. I'm taking Boston over the Yankees. I'm taking the Yankees. The Yankees are 0-6 against the Red Sox this year. Something's got to give. I think they'll get the second half started off right after blowing a 7-2 lead to the Astros for an Altuve three-run walk-off to end the first half. When I also looked at this game, too, Boston's pitcher was set, but it said the Yankees' pitcher was undecided on who's going to start this game. I don't think it'll be Garrett Cole because he pitched – I think he pitched Saturday. So, And then you – we're recording this Tuesday night because we both have things to do on Wednesday. You watched the first half of the All-Star game. You got anything to add on that before we end it? Um, they need to stop doing a 45-minute intro. It's saying the game's going to start at 6.30, then it starts at 7.15. That's my takeaway. And also the uniforms are so much worse than I thought. My God, they're bad. I saw Otani was starting. He grounded a second, grounded a first. Yeah. And then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a 470-foot bomb. He'll probably win the MVP, but yeah, that's all I got. The uniforms suck. The, the the crowd is good. I like it that there's that big of a crowd, but the intros suck. The whole thing sucks. I mean, that's about it. All right, number 21 next week. Uh, we'll probably have an NBA champion by then. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be around game seven by then. Lots of things to discuss, including the major championship that's going to go down. Everything, all that in the world of sports uh, on number 21 next Wednesday. Goodbye. Deuces.